All right. Welcome, everybody. Thirsty Thursday, number 21. Tonight, we have the honor, privilege, and esteemed, um, well, we'll just leave it at that, to have firefighter, paramedic, nurse, uh, um, CrossFit instructor, strongest man in Maryland, handsome man in Delaware, Say what? What'd you say, Bobby? (laughs) Uh, Steve Tully with us tonight to talk about firefighter fitness, Um, something that's huge uh, in the fire service and it's becoming bigger and bigger. Um, If you if you do a quick search of, you know, what are some issues facing the fire service, firefighter fitness, firefighter fatalities, um, it it all is kind of coming together and and we're realizing more and more um, that our fitness level is going to be a direct result of um, you know, do we come home from that next call, um, you know, and, and how we uh, can kind of take care of ourselves. So um, welcome back, everyone. Cheers. Order. I'm excited to hear our conversation tonight and see where it goes. Um, if you don't know Steve, you're you're truly missing out. So um, I'm excited that he's he's able to join us tonight. So. Without further ado, we're going to kick it around the circle um, or around the square and um, do our little introductions and we'll get started. So take it away, boss. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Um, really, really happy and excited to have uh, Mr. Twilly on this evening. Uh, we were, just before we came live on the broadcast, we were going uh, down a very fast trip of memory lane and kind of hit the curves on the way. But uh, really happy to have Steve on. He's a, a man of many talents, very diverse talents. But um, had the pleasure of working with him for several years when I was back up north in Ocean City. And uh, I can tell you, he just has a a great mindset, not only to be able to do what he does, but also to translate that to a variety of different people. And that's one of the things I'll be talking to Steve about tonight, that whether it's, uh, as he said earlier, prior to the broadcast, whether it's that 18-year-old kid who's just getting into the job and really needs to learn the functional fitness to make themselves better, or it's the person who is... uh, maybe towards a little more towards the end of their uh, career and they still want to stay functional, not only for what they're doing on the job, but for the years later. And uh, yes, that's you know, kind of where I am in the category, but Steve, great to see you. Great to have you on tonight. Really excited to talk to you. And uh, with that, I'll kick it over to Bobby. <laughs> uh, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome, Steve. It's great to have you, man. Um, I'm really excited to hear Steve talk about, it. I mean, Steve's been a, a great um, example for us. Um, Steve has never decided what he wanted to do when he grew up, and that's been a great benefit to us. So Steve went to the fire academy in uh, Anne Arundel County and became a firefighter over there, and then he shifted over to be a paramedic firefighter with us in Ocean City. Uh, then he took nursing because he was bored, um, and his time off, he would go and do CrossFit training for other people. And um, I'm sure by the time he's probably 70 or 80, he'll decide what he wants to do when he grows up. Um, but that just gives us a big, a big range, uh, to talk about, but, um, you know, Steve is, um, you know, Steve's been, been doing a lot of CrossFit and a lot of working out and a lot of helping our guys and girls to get stronger and better to job. So, um, with that, welcome, Steve, um, give us your opening thoughts. My Thanks. Uh, well, my name is Steve Twilley. Um, firefighter parent with Ocean City. I work as a, an emergency room nurse in the um, well, our local trauma center at Peninsula Regional Medical Center. Actually, it's called Title Health now. 
Um, I've been there 10 years. I've been with Ocean City 15, February 6th, full time. Not that I'm counting or anything. <clears throat> and um, I've coached CrossFit for, I guess, the past five years. I don't know. Yeah, a little about five years. And uh, be, even before that, I was doing more functional fitness. I, I got, I've always been into athletics because of my father. So I've always done some fitness or some kind of training, uh, but didn't really get get started in a functional fitness until actually the peer support uh, uh, um, uh, thing that through the union when they sent me through that. And, I, uh, um, and uh, that really taught a lot of functional fitness too. So that's really turned me on to fun- functional fitness. And then, you know, went down the whole CrossFit route. Now I'm doing a lot more functional fitness. It's not called CrossFit. It's just functional fitness. <laughs> so that's where I'm at now. Great, Steve. Awesome. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I've, I've got folks in my department who are really big into the functional fitness. And in this particular region, the uh, CPAT for entrance exam for the physical agility is the gold standard that people use. So I've got I've got someone who's very similar to you uh, in my department right now. I'm very blessed to have that individual who will actually work with some of our volunteer division as they go through the testing process. So do you mind talking really quick about the difference between maybe a a fitness program or a personal trainer at a gym uh, compared to maybe the CrossFit that was a, a lot of your roots and your background and how you integrate that into a fire service program for the different uh, age groups and, and performance groups in the department. So like, I like when our people train our people, uh, we, we know what we have to do for the job. Um, we know our job is a little bit different than uh, your everyday person that's going to be on the street. Um, you've got to go from zero to 60 in 60 seconds while you're on your coat. And at the same time, you've got to be mentally focused at what else you need to do at that job. So that's the same way with, with that, that kind of training, um, in, in CrossFit, you try to incorporate that into the functional fitness aspect of it. While you're under pressure, you still need to count your reps. You still need to, um, uh, focus on your accuracy when you're throwing a wall ball or anything like that. And the CBAP test, I think, is an excellent test, and it really brings you to the front on – you can really figure out quick on what your fitness level is, especially the first first round after you get off that stair machine. But I, 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 I think when, you, when it comes to coaching, our people coaching our people helps them – get them better prepared for the job as opposed to like a personal trainer coming from a gym, which are great and, and they're good at their job. Most of them are good at their job, but uh, they don't know what we do. They don't know how stimulus it is. And, and you could lose some time figuring that out while they're doing that. But I, I, I like it when our people train our people, they know what they're doing. <laughs> and, and Steve, I would agree with you. One, one of the things that I know you saw this, um, you know, on the job or I saw it when I was there working with you is that if, People, people in the fire service, if that wasn't part of their culture when they came in, as far as having the functional yeah. fitness, they're very reluctant. And we couldn't hold people to a standard who didn't come on, come in the job underneath that standard. So yeah. when you, when you started, um, when you started doing some of this training and even on an informal basis at the fire station before it became more formalized, what were some of the things that you were able to do to like, say, get some of the more either senior folks or even some of the younger folks who might not have really had fitness as part of their culture and, and the wellness culture, what, what, what could you do to motivate them uh, within the bounds of your authority? That, that was a, a, a real good learning opportunity for me when I was first coming up. 
back when you were still in Ocean City, we first started the whole fitness aspect of it when we went to the me and Bobby went to that class together, the um, uh, the union class together. That's when our department started looking at fitness, and I was working with with some of the older guys in the department, and just me going and working out almost it didn't really create that peer pressure, but me working out a few shifts in a row, then coming out watching or asking questions and they get interested in it. And, uh, and then you, you learning to develop a program for them and, and, and then seeing results. If they can see results that keeps them motivated. That's why I like our functional fitness style of working out because you can see results pretty quick. You can measure results. If you can't measure the results, it's pointless to even do it. Um, you got to have something measurable so they can come back to you and I can tell them, look, you still feel just as bad on this workout as you did your very first one, but you improved 30 reps or you improved, you shaved two minutes off your time. And if they can see that, they can see the scale changing, they can see the physique changing because I'm not a big scale person. If you, if you know me and my body tape, uh, you know I work out, I look like I work out, but I also look like that I'm not going to pass up a chocolate chip cookie either. So I'm not a big scale person. I'm not functional. We fitness. actually know you're not going to pass up that cookie. No, I love a cookie. Yeah. So I'm I'm that kind of guy. So um, I I'm I'm more of a results guy. If I can, if you can see results, if you can measure results, if you can feel better in yourself and your mental health, then then it's great. And that's a, I think. I mean, even even when we were going up to the to public safety building, working out in their little weight room, and, and uh, having a uh, a couple guys work up there, David Pruitt, uh, and it's just it's a it's a it's an awesome thing when they get on there and they get motivated and they get they start doing things. So that was a good good learning opportunity for me is how to keep somebody uh, involved. And if they see results and it doesn't kill them right away, then then they like that. <clears throat> right, and and Bobby, I want to kind of kick it over to you for a second. You've always been somebody who's done a lot of work with functional fitness and always keeping yourself uh, you know, in good shape as well. And and Steve, you remember some of these things like you're talking about where people might have been a little reluctant to go in and you're getting them into a habit, you're getting them into a thought process. So what what are some of the things that, you know, Bobby, you've seen because you and Steve, you know, trained for this together, but also you bring it to the front and you make it tangible that it actually applies to what we're doing. It's not a pie in the sky Oh, this is a uh, the newest fitness program that we have for the fire service because we read it in a periodical. But you guys make it applicable to what we do every day. So, Bobby, what are what are some of the things that you know you've done in conjunction with Steve to bring that to the front for us? Um, yeah, that seems like uh, forever ago that we went to that class at a uh, peer mm-hmm. fitness trainer class. It, it, that was a long, long time ago. Uh, um, Resta Cat Soul, she went with us too. And uh, who was the fourth one? Was there a fourth one? Um, was it Bill Coon? Um, I think that? it was. No, nah, uh, nah. I, I think it was just me and you initially. But uh, you know, when I when I talk about training and and just training in general, fire training, um, I, I talk about the tools in the toolbox. You know, and um, there's a there's a big fire science guy, Stefan Svensson, from Sweden, uh, that's heavily involved in the, the the fire science studies and things with the UL and things like that. And, and he always said, you know, you got to have three things. You got to have the, the head, the heart, and the hands. You know, so you have to have, to have knowledge of how to do a firefighting task. Um, you have to have the heart or whatever you want to call it to go down that dark, dirty, nasty hallway. 
um, and you got to have the hands or I think in the physical fitness, the strength to do, you know, whatever those skills are. Um, I, um, I kind of ended up in a, in a, in a, in a weird way where, um, I, um, uh, I've had a lot, a lot of injuries in my career. Um, I've had probably six back injuries and three shoulder injuries and three neck injuries and broken ribs and all kinds of stuff. Um, just, I, just I was there for a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and first thing I noticed was every time I went to, um, physical therapy, um, which I went there a lot for a lot of different things, I found they did almost the same stuff for everything. You always started off on the bike or the treadmill. You did your 10 mil, 10, 10 minutes and you got your heart rate up and you always did the same stretches. You always did lunges. You always did, you know, things like that. So what I ended up doing was kind of adopting. I thought, well, if I'm doing that to recover from injuries, would those things help to prevent injuries? So that's kind of where I kind of started at. The second thing is I really hate drugs. I hate the idea of cholesterol drugs and blood pressure drugs and things like that. And I, I said in my mind that I was not going to have to take those drugs. Well, as I got older, the blood pressure got higher, the cholesterol got higher. Um, everything started to look pretty bleak. And, and my doctor saying, take this medicine, take this medicine. Well, I knew I wasn't in shape. I was kind of a down spot. I had a bunch of injuries and I wasn't really in shape. So I, I found a program I could stick with and it literally took me three years to get the numbers normal without medicine. But the doctor hated it. The doctor bitched to me every time I went back and wanted me to go on the medicines and things like that. And I knew once I went on the medicines, like Steve talked about measurable stuff, once you have to go on it, and I'm not saying don't go on it. If, if, if you need that, that's something between you and your doctor. But for me, I knew as soon as I went on there, I wouldn't know what the real picture was anymore. I wouldn't really know what my blood pressure was because it's regulated. I wouldn't really know what my cholesterol was because of whatever. And the news was it takes almost three to four years of doing working out to actually fix those numbers per se. But I think, you know, my, my blood pressure's in the, in the 120s over the 70s, um, which was not like that since I was 30 years old, uh, my cholesterol is back to, well, we'll find out. I just did my physical this year, but my cholesterol has gone back to normal. So that kind of got me there. And, and the last thing is firefighting is so firefighting EMS rescue, technical rescue. Every single one of them is every single thing you're not supposed to do your body ergonomically pulling people out of car crashes, sideways, twisting from the waist, you know, pulling people up out of bathroom floors, uh, dragging victims, um, high shoulder throwing ladders, pulling hand lines. Every single one of those are not something they would recommend you do in the gym. <laughs> so I basically try to fix the muscles all around um, those areas, to strengthen those areas. I do lots of flexibility stuff. But, um, you know, my goal, and I said it on another show recently, my goal in four years, 11 months, not that I'm counting, um, I have the ability to retire. And my goal is to be able to do the job that you guys do to the day I walk out the door, to pull the two and a half inch line, to throw the ladder, to pull the victim, to do all that. Um, it, for me, this is a personal goal. And that just takes a lot of working out, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, God blessing. Uh, I have not been having any uh, injuries lately. Doesn't mean it might happen. I might curse myself and get it tomorrow. But um, those core groups of muscles, um, like Steve talks about the functional fitnesses, for me has been a really big deal. And I, and I truly feel as 
better than I did when I was 35. So at 55, I feel better than I did when I was 35. And that was a result of finding workouts that I enjoyed enough. One of my, my recommendations to everybody is if you don't like it, find something else. You'll never continue. You sure. will never continue a workout, you know. Um, and as I got older, the whole boot camp style stuff wasn't as attractive to me. I just wanted to get my reps and, and stuff in. I just want to get my runs in and get my workouts in and things like that. So it's maybe a little bit different for me because I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to retirement. And I think the win for me isn't to be able to do those things I said on the last day of work. I think the win for me is um, retirement. You know, if, if I God for, if I take care of myself and I don't get killed in a line of duty or injured in a line of duty or something like that, I'd really like to enjoy re retirement a little bit. I don't want to be nursing knee surgeries and hip surgeries and, and if I if I can avoid it. So that's that's been kind of my, my gist of the whole thing. Um, but I've seen great firemen that aren't in great shape. And I mean, really, really good firefighters um, that I would trust. But Steve will tell you, and I want Steve to talk about this next, their risk of injury as they go through the game like that just goes up and up and up. And usually they don't know it till it starts to happen. And we got, we have guys at work that the, the backs are done, the shoulders are done, the knees are done and all that kind of stuff. So Steve, I'd like you to talk a little bit about, you know, you can do this job and not be in shape, but, but talk about how those things can catch up to you without doing some of your functional fitness, if you were. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's just like you said, I mean, it's, we do our job because we love our job. Uh, but at the same time, you well, this job is not going to last forever. I mean, you, you need to be able to be um, you need to be able to, to live after this job is done with um, and, and injury prevention is one of the reasons. Well, one of the reasons why I become a nurse and also one of the reasons why I, I do work out all the time. I feel better when I work out both mentally and physically. And, uh, and, and it does help. It's been proven multiple times to help prevention, but only on like a functional level type thing. If you have a good core, then that's going to help with your back injuries. If you have, if you're flexible, uh, your hamstrings, your hip flexors, then that's going to help prevent back injuries. Uh, one of the number one issues with, with, um, uh, uh, people going off the job is back injuries and shoulder injuries. So like at the same time on strength and functional fitness, you got to have the flexibility of it. Uh, the lower back injuries, a lot of people don't understand, but it's either a tight hamstring or a tight hip, hip flexor that tilt that pelvis out, out of whack. And, and so it's small stuff like that. <clears throat> and if you, you, you might not be in shape and you can still be a good firefighter, like you said, but at the same time, when we do have that high rise fire and you have to go in for that second one, well, that second bottle or that third bottle or something like that, it's going to show, it's going to hit you. It's going to come up where you're going to get to the top of the stairs and you're just not going to be able to, to do your job. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I ever even got into fitness is because I need to be able to do my job. It's it, it, We're a public service. If I can't help the public or the guy that's going in right next to me, then then I shouldn't be doing my job. So if I can't pull him out and bring him home with me, then I, I don't need to be going in and I don't need to be coming, coming out myself. Like I got to bring that guy out with me. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and just I want to share some with you all really quick. And then I want to ask uh, Bobby and Steve their perspective on uh, policy driven uh, fitness in the fire station. But yeah, I'm going through the same thing now where, you know, a couple of years ago, I started to have some uh, sciatic pain and everything else. Went to my general practitioner and he goes, 
you know, how long have you been doing this job? And at the time it was 30, you know, 31, 32 years. And he goes, you have a back injury. And I'm like, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. And so we went back and forth like 12 year olds a couple of times. And I said, well, I've never had a documented back injury. Yeah, I'm sure I've hurt my back. We walk it off, you know, take some Advil, what have you. Sure enough, he sends me, um, yeah, I've got a, a very severely herniated disc and you know, did the nerve blocks, this, that, and the other. And so it was one of those things. It was very hard to realize that you know, for, from here up, I'm still 18, but from here down, you know, I'm in the body of a 50 year old guy. And that's what they've been telling me. I said, well, you know, here's my thing. I've got you know, three and a half, four more years that I want to put on this job. And I also want to be able to do this from a training aspect because I'm doing that quite a bit. And I'm, I'm not in my position doing immediate field operations as much, but I'm still doing them. But I don't want to be in that position where I'm helping to carry a patient and I drop a patient or I hurt one of my folks that I'm working with or I'm going down a hallway and my back gives out because I'm, I'm being the stubborn guy who is trying to prove something. And so, you know, I, I still feel like I can do it, but they were saying, look, it's not that you can't do it, but you have to modify things to fit where you are with your, with your current level of injury, essentially. And that's, that was a very, very hard pill to swallow, basically saying, okay, you know, you're, you're not the guy you used to be. And of course I go back to the old Toby Keith song that I'm, I'm not as good as I once was, but I was, I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah. Um, but you know, putting in that, in that frame, cause you, you want to be, you want to be active, you want to be functional, but you also want to make sure that you're serving the people you're there to serve, including the people you're working with. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, um, I think sometimes it, you know, we have to have that difficult conversation when it's time to maybe transition from warrior to elder, so to speak. And, you know, I've recently had to go back to PT. Um, originally, PT did not do any good for me whatsoever. It made me feel worse. And I've been through, like I said, I've been through the epidurals and nerve blocks and uh, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of it was um, you know, core strengthening and not, not giving up what I'm doing but modifying it so that I can do it within the limits of where I am. So one of the things that I know we got pushback on, and this is where I want to get uh, you, know, Bobby, especially you in your position now, and then uh, Steve, you still being in the department. And then even from your time in the department, one of the big pushbacks we got when we, we were trying to get some of these people who did not have fitness or wellness as part of their personal culture, let alone their work culture, we allotted by policy 75 minutes to do PT. And that included your ride down, your ride back, your shower, this, that, and the other. And we worked with each other to make sure that we could probably get a, a good workout in. And one of the pushbacks that we always heard when we were running the battalion was, well, what good is, um, you know, a half an hour, 20 minutes of exercise going to do me twice a week when I'm at work? Well, you know, our thought was that's a start. It's better than being sedentary. And, and to Bobby's point, there are some fantastic firefighters and paramedics out there that just aren't in really good shape. And I'm looking at the same thing with a 13 year old son. You know, when I have the opportunity to retire, retire from the fire service, I don't want to be, I don't want to be going from chief of the fire department to chief of the uh, jazzy scooter club because I can't function anymore. And so with that being said, you know, I'm looking past retirement too, so I can enjoy that time. So, and look, look at the, the stress that this job puts on our bodies, our minds, our everything. And uh, not just us, but also our families as well. So from dumb it down for me and say, okay, I'm coming to you guys and say, I, I want to write a policy about PT for my fire department because I think it's important. I've, I've jumped on the physical wellness uh, bandwagon, but I might create a policy that's more detrimental than beneficial. So from 
from the standpoint, Bobby, you having to manage it for people doing PT, is 75 minutes enough? Is it, you know, how, how would you recommend this um, in, in a participative management world? How would, you, how would you make a recommendation to those, those in authority to write a good policy for making sure that people, now I know you guys have the gyms in most of the fire stations. You've done an incredible job, especially in your volunteer station as well, Steve, to get this equipment to the people. But um, when, for those who don't maybe have a centralized gym or gym equipment in every firehouse or limited stuff, what are some things that we can do from a management level to create a good policy and access for our people, but also still be available to do the job we need to do when people call 911? So, wow, that's a loaded question. Um, so I that's guess, I first you. of all, first of all, I mean, I think you got to look at two different, two different people. So you need to look at a person that is working in the fire service is completely sedentary, um, has probably never worked out, um, never does anything. Um, and, and they do our job. Uh, and then I think you got to look at a guy like, like Steve Twilley, um, who is really married to, uh, fitness, you know, and so now we look at this because I, I have a, 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 a theory about working out and that is a theory of preponderance. And, and basically what it means is if there's seven days in your week and you work out more days than that week than you don't, then the preponderance is going to be great improvement. If you're only working out two days out of that week, then the preponderance is not working out. So, you know, when you look at those two extreme groups of guys completely sedentary, you look at the guy like Steve Twilley, um, there's all these people in the middle. You know, there's all these people all over the middle. And the idea of, of time in the firehouse for working out is to capture the guys that are completely sedentary. Um, those of us kind of married to working out, I, I actually use my work day as a break. Um, if I get a workout at work, it's a bonus for me. But I kind of, I love to do my, some of my workouts are two and a half hours um, with a whole bunch of cross training. So I just do a lot of aerobics and a lot of stretching and a lot of strength training. And I kind of go back and forth and back and forth and things like that uh, for my workout. So at work, that wouldn't really work out real well. So in it, to answer your question, when you think about the preponderance of it, we're trying to capture these guys and just, some of them will get a spark, I think, and be working out on the days off like, like Steve and I do. Um, you know, but some guys are never going to do it. Um, even if you make them do it 75 minutes, you know, they're going to mess around and, you know, you know how it goes. Um, so do I think 75 minutes is good? I do. I, I think I have concerns in the fire service. Some guys actually do their heavy workouts at work. And I'm not a huge fan of that. I think that when you completely spend yourself on a workout in the morning, God bless you if you have a fire at one o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it's just that's just a me thing. Um, so I think I wouldn't want to have like an hour and a half or two hours because that could really allow guys to really expend themselves in their workout. Um, this is my opinion. So I think an hour and an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, I think is appropriate to get showered up and everything else like that. Um, you know, but it is, it, it policies are tough because when we're talking, what we're talking about is a real personal thing. You know, our, our health um, is a real personal thing. And I, I mean, I think, I think 
allotting the time is important because I think that a lot of the guys that are sedentary actually push back on the guys that want to work out. They don't want their unit out of service. They kind of push back. Um, if you have a manager or a battalion chief or something that doesn't believe in it, they'll make it very difficult for the guys to find time. Um, and the bottom line is in the fire service, we're pulling these guys in 20 different directions. Um, we want them to do more training. Oh, by the way, there's a pandemic. We want you guys to figure out this. We want you to do this. You know, we want to be the, the master of all these trades. Uh, we want you to do all kinds of building maintenance and vehicle maintenance and things. And, and so I personally think that working out is more important. I think it, it, to me, it lands right behind checking your equipment and right before training. That's just my opinion. I think that, that, that your, your health is that important. So I think, I think setting aside the time and setting aside good coaches, um, not only Steve, but we got a, a, a plethora of other good coaches in Ocean City, at least, that would be perfectly willing to help people kind of get to their goals. So, um, you know, I think, I think setting aside a time is a fantastic idea, but I can tell you, at least where I work at, the morning is the slowest time. If you allot, if I, if we allotted people like the afternoon to work out, many times it's not going to happen because the calls get busier and you get doing more stuff. That's, that's why I kind of slot it right behind your equipment check, your equipment check, do your workout, you know, and then do your training. And to me, those are the three most important things that we do in the entire day. And so get those out of the way in the morning because it's also our lowest call volume most of the time is, is, is in the morning. And then all the other things that we want these guys to do, the online training, the, the maintenance stuff kind of go in there. So if I was to recommend to a manager, prioritize what you think is most important for your firefighters, your men and women, and then prioritize it by the morning because the morning is the best chance you have of getting these things done. So that, what do you think, Steve? What's your thoughts about it? I, I, I think the one of the big reasons why we, we create a workout program at work is to start hopefully creating habits for people. Um, we get the two days. Yeah, I agree. Like the two days aren't going to change their life very much, but it's going to hopefully maybe create a habit. And if they go home on that one, that third day and just go for a 20 minute walk or something like that, then that, then we're starting to create a habit and they're starting to think about it. They're starting to, to think about, well, you know, I did work out two days this week in the firehouse. I, I, I I'm a little tight. I might go for a walk and, and, it, and then bam, now they're starting out, starting to do stuff at home. And, and at the same time, like I, I agree with you. Like you gotta be um, very mindful of what you do for a workout, but at the same time, because you've got a job to do, we have that job to do today. We never know what's going to happen in that day, but that, that's where you're a decent coach comes in. And we are extremely lucky in our city to have very good coaches on different shifts that can help people and help them. But at the same time, like my workout's not going to be the same workout as, as one of the older guys that's just starting off and we can do the same workout, but that's where your good coach comes in and their stuff's going to be scaled. Um, uh, they're going to do less reps. They're going to still be functional for two reasons. You want them to be able to do their job. And if you get somebody so sore and so out of it, it's going to turn them off. They're not going to come back to work. If they're sore three days post workout, they're they're not they're not going to return. It's it's a it's a something you got to ease into. But and, and as as for policy, it's it's just a huge deal if if you've got 
management behind you. If they support you and, and, and want a physically fit department, then it, it rubs off. It rubs off. It definitely helps. And going back to whole like the, the whole injury aspect, like you can't beat genetics and, but you can work around genetics. You can hopefully, you got the lower back issues. So you would strengthen your core type thing. You, you just, it just, you can't beat genetics. Right, Steve. And something else I want to ask you also, um, one of the things that I always tried to do when I was running the uh, battalion there as well was look at who I had on my shift. And the last academy class that I taught before I retired, uh, I see uh, Gringo's on tonight too. He was instrumental in making sure that, you know, everybody in that academy class was different. They had a different level of fitness. They had a, a, a different mindset. And being able to use the subject matter expert who was right there and who had that energy and could look at each individual and say, yes, this is what we're going to do collectively for our functional fitness. But he could also tailor things and make sure that everyone was was geared towards success versus failure. And that may that got people in the mindset to say, just like you're talking about, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm in here, you know, during the academy, I'm in here Monday through Friday doing this. And on the weekends, they'd have their rest period. But then it, it initiated them in that mindset to stay fit for the rest of their career. And, you know, it's, it's hard, as as Rathel would say, you can't you know, feed, feed an old dog new food. But um, <laughs> you, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but sometimes you can. But um, you know, one of the other things, too, was actually having a reasonable access, because a lot of times the younger folks, and to Bobby's point, You'll have the guys who want to come in and just wear themselves out, and then they're not worth you know two squirts of hot owl crap on on the high rise job that we do later on. But um, one of the things too, like we had a lot of guys who had some shoulders that need a little bit of TLC, some backs. We you know at least on my ship we had swimming pools in each of the four or each of the box areas the guys had access to. The only thing I would ask them to do is say, hey, look, I'd rather you show up to a call dripping wet in your bathing suit and, and me have to explain to the people you're serving, why you're like that out of uniform, but it was a low impact thing. Um, you know, we didn't have gyms and all the fire stations at that point. So finding something that appeals to everybody, sometimes the guys just go back to Northside Park and walk around the, the jogging track. That was better than sitting there with their ass dent in the recliner for 12 hours. So it, it's a matter of access. And like you guys said, having support from management and realizing that you're there to make sure that you, when someone dials 911, you're quick, you're efficient, you're turning out very quickly. But at the same time, you're making sure that, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that to say, we have to have a, maybe a diversity of exercise for the different um, ability levels. And it might be, like you said, uh, it might be physics, it might be biology, it might be injury. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Steve, as far as trying to make sure that we have that kind of, um, again, diver diversity of exercise that can be performed on duty, but still be functional and, and be able to turn out on a call quickly? So a lot of it's a great point. A lot of the times, a lot of the kickback we get on our kind of my kind of training that we do is, oh, people get hurt. People get hurt. Well, people a lot of times if they get they get hurt, they, they get hurt because they didn't have very good coaching. As, as a coach, it's your job to make sure your 18-year-old male finishes at the same time as your 60-year-old female. Um, in a class that, that I'm going to be teaching up here, we're going to have 18-year-old males and we'll have 60-year-old uh, drivers that have been drivers for the past 30 years. I, I, they need to finish this workout at the same time. So I've got to tailor that workout to make sure that it doesn't kill them. They get a good workout and to make sure that that we're finishing about the same time. So I'm gonna, I, my dad, be, before he passed away, 
two months before he passed away, he come and did a workout with me, and he could barely lift a, a med ball, but he was still doing burpees on a ball on a bar. Uh, so you adjust it for that. Like you, you, like there's always ways to adjust everything, and it's just a little. You feed them a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and and that's when I I found you get the best results on getting somebody to come back, is if you just. You coach them through it. You you help them along in their fitness fitness career, and hopefully it takes hold. And, and, and even during their years, I mean, you're going to have ups and down peaks. People are going to work out for a while, and then something's going to get come up. You got school, you've got kids. Something's going to happen where you're going to have to fall back off. And it's it's about trying to at least keep it in the back of your head. Hey, I felt great when I was working out for six months. I want to get back to that as soon as this project is done or something like that. So there's going to be peaks and about it. I know in my, my fitness career, uh, when I'm not in school, I'm way better shape than when I'm in school. When I'm in school right now, like I've got to do my schoolwork first and then do, do I'm allowed to work out. It's like a treat type thing. So right. it, it's, it's interesting. Well, let me, let me throw this spot grenade out to the three of you real quick. Um, in the fire service, we can be each other's greatest supporters and we can be each other's greatest detractors. And some of the times you know, we're working out, we're doing things, we're encouraging each other, we're you know giving each other that great motivation. And at the same time, we have, we have the guys who are just going to sit there and you know, drag one of our brothers and sisters down, uh, whether they intend to or not. So, you know, from that aspect, you might have somebody who has a little bit of a performance anxiety, so to speak. Hey, I, I want to work out, but I, you know, I'm just not comfortable you know, taking my turn, doing my sets and reps in front of the rest of the people. So how how do you approach that, especially with somebody who might be reluctant to start getting into this culture? How do we how do we create that culture in the fire service that it's, you know, no matter where you're starting this process or where you are in the process, it's it's a beginning point, not an end point that we don't uh, just turn people off to it completely. Um. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit. I mean, I, I, you know, you said Gringo was on here too. And, uh, you know, I've worked out with Steve and I've worked out with Gringo and, uh, that's David Messia in Ocean City Fire Department. Those that don't know, but anyways, um, you know, I worked out with Gringo and, and part of it is that, that those guys are very respectful of where you are. Uh, they're very encouraging while you're doing your workout. Um, and they just, you know, that, that, that inclusion, of that person i gotta tell you i run a lot as part of my workout is, is running at least five days a week and that's kind of what i do and i have so much more appreciation when i see someone out of shape running than guys like me that are in shape you know i, I say you go man you know when you see some a, a lady or a guy out there and they're they're putting their reps in and they're trying and they're doing their thing i think those those people are the ones that deserve the big encouragement because they're in a really bad place um my message everybody was you know when i was 40 45 years old maybe um it became difficult for me to reach my arm around to put an air pack on it became difficult for me to get up inside of an engine it became difficult for me to turn on my bottle and reach my arm around that far um lots of things that i took for granted when i was in my 20s and 30s started to leave me um i had all the excuses in the world i doing martial arts and I had injuries and I had injuries at work and I had all kinds of excuses, but excuses will not get you in shape, you know? And, and that, and so what I can tell you is through years of finding workouts that I enjoyed doing and loved doing, um, 
you know, now I have no trouble putting my air pack on again. I have no trouble climbing in the engine again. I have no trouble doing those things, turning my bottle on and things like that. Um, you know, and that's, um, you know, so the other thing is they want to see people that have been successful at working out too. And the, and the way to do that is have coaches like Steve and Gringo. And I'm sure there's other guys at work. I just haven't worked out with them yet um, that are just as encouraging. But you just you need that encouragement in the beginning that everything's going to be okay. And um, I think we got to remember this is a brotherhood. You know, we need to stop tearing each other up. We need to stop. You know, listen, we like to joke with each other, but there gets a point where it's too much. And I think in working out and in training – are the both of the areas where we need to back off of our brothers and sisters a whole lot. Okay. They're out there trying to do the training and they make a mistake. The last thing they need when they make that mistake, they already know they made it is someone to climb up their butt and embarrass them and maybe bring it up for days afterwards. Um, and I think working out's kind of, it falls in that same realm that you know when people are really trying hard and things don't go well or they can't bend as far or they can't lift as much or whatever you know what i think we just need to let off of them and remember this is this is a fraternity of brothers and sisters that are we're all trying to get to the same place um and you know it's funny how people if you're going to change significantly about somebody when they die in a line of duty you should think about changing before they die in a line of duty and that's probably a good way to look at it and Bobby, I, I would agree with you on that. And I want to kind of circle back to policy a little bit as well. Um, I know sometimes there's some very well-intentioned policies that come down for health, safety, wellness, that type of thing. And more often than not, they're viewed, the policies are viewed more as punitive than helpful because I, years ago in Ocean City, we started doing a BMI standard. Well, you know, at, at my, I, I was always halfway you know, halfway decent, especially when I was younger, I was, you know, a twig, but my BMI was, you know, we, we were based on our, our raises, our promotions, everything were based on our BMIs. And so in order for me to reach my BMI, I mean, I literally had to be a beanpole by the, it wasn't a healthy weight for me. My doctor said, no, you're at a great weight. You're healthy. Your blood pressure is awesome. So I was going by that standard, but the standard that was set by my department said something different. So I was put in the category and I wasn't one of the ones who was really worried because I felt I was in decent shape. Some of the other folks who might've had some more uh, issues with weight or some other health issues, it, it almost became punitive until, you know, the essentially the union pushed back and said, well, hold on, if they didn't come in underneath the standard, we can't impose it then. So then anything that had to do with health and wellness always became uh, something nefarious. It was never something to benefit the firefighters. And I think people like you, know, Bobby, you and Steve and Gringo, you all are the ones who brought a fresher mindset to that. Said, look, this isn't punitive. This isn't to sit there and make fun of you. And you know, yeah, we, we bust chops all the time in the fire service, but how, you know, how are you gonna sit there and bust the chops to somebody who's trying to make themselves better, whether it's educationally, physically, whatever the case is, you know, we need to support that. So um, I think from a, from a policy standpoint, if we're looking at this as, as chief officers or administrators of fire departments, is be very, very cautious when we bring this in because it can be very quickly be not only construed as punitive, but actually be punitive. And if the goal is to make sure that we have good functional firefighters and paramedics for the longevity of their career and actually say, we'd really love for you to enjoy your post-fire service life um, you know, that needs to be the mindset. So how, how would you guys go about tackling that if you have 
policies that have uh, kind of gone more into the punitive realm, whether intentional or not. Uh, that they, well, yeah, when me, when me and Bobby took that class, the pure fitness class, they were huge, very, hu- very big deal on making sure nothing was ever punitive. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, Bobby, but it was, they were very, very big on that. Like I, and, and you, you can't, and like for the most part, I mean, if you're in the fire service, you probably got a type A personality anyway. So like, uh, like you, you a policy that will will make it punitive turns people off because then it's a it, instead of making it fun and exciting uh, and wanting to see results now it's it's a must and if I don't I'm going to get in trouble it, it it makes it a job then and and it and it although it is our job to do our job but it should be fun it should at least be fun yeah and I, I think part of that is when when people that write the policy. Um, don't participate in it. Like, what message are you sending? You know, you have supervisors that, um, you know, yeah, they'll give you the time to go do your um, your PT and that kind of stuff. But they're also the same ones that are denting the recliner at three o'clock in the afternoon when um, you know your your crew's out there trying to get a workout in, trying to do the right thing. So you have if if you're gonna as a, as administrators, as chiefs, as supervisors. If you're going to come out with a policy, you have to be invested in that policy as well. Um, there was this was a couple of years ago. I was looking through and reading some stuff uh, for a project I was working on, and it, it was this picture of this gentleman running down the street, and they tell a story about this person, their history in the fire service, and at the end of it, they tell you that he was the I think it was the Atlanta fire chief, um, and the Atlanta fire chief makes time, or he did I think. Um, it was him. He made time every day to make sure that he got his physical fitness time in. And if that's if that's the buy-in that you're getting at the top, what message does that send to the rest of the department? It sends that that's a priority for everyone. You know, so allowing that time for the, from the top down to get that done is huge. And I think I think at that point you also get more buy-in too. You know, you get the guys that are the brand new people that just finished their their recruit training to the people that have been on the job 10 years to the 20 years that they see it. And it's been a part of their history and their culture of their fire service, their department for the whole time. So it's something that's easier to do. It's you bring them in, they're getting, um, you know, as, as they come in and they're going through their, their recruit, their recruit class and their training, like it, it's instilled in them from the very start. So I think you get better, um, compliance, I don't think is the right word, but you get better participation, you know, when it's, when it's something that's supported and it's acted upon from the top down. And and Steve, you mentioned before um, that you feel that anything that's results-based versus criteria-based, meaning that, okay, you got to drop X amount of pounds and X amount of weeks, whatever. But when people start seeing those physical results, their shirt fits better, they, they come in one more notch on their belt. Um, they feel better. They don't have the, the aches, the pains, the you know, all the all the things, the inflammation. Um, so, can you can you guys talk about that? And especially you, Bobby and, and Steve, and I know you, um, Ben. You do some stuff as well. But you know, what can we do to get people to focus more on results base than a you know a criteria base or a scale base, as you said uh, earlier, Steve? Yeah, I don't yeah. like scales. It's got to be measurable. Your, fit, yeah. your function. Functionality has to be measurable. 
Yeah. I, 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 wore, I wore the wrong shirt. Sorry. This, yeah, this, this, this yeah. is a fishing thing. It has nothing to do with weight. All right. Sorry. So, and, you know, we have a chief on here, so we always got to circle back the policy. You know what I mean? Do, do you want us to write your book for you, or what do you want? No. <laughs> Just kidding, Chief. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, it, it, uh, when you talk about a policy, um, I, I think sometimes we don't know what we don't know, including chiefs and administrations and things like that. And I'll tell a story about we went to a, a moderately sized um, department that was all career and they had made a move several years ago. Trevor and I did. He's probably knows the story. Um, and we went out there and, and the whole country was using 30 minute SCBA all, all across the country. And, and the 30 minute SCBA is not really a 30 minute SCBA. A 30 minute SCBA is actually like a eight or nine minute SCBA. Uh, Trevor used to make us do these ant farms, which, by the way, uh, Chief, we never liked them. None of us. Absolutely none of us. But the ant farm was we set up different size ladders, 35s, whatever. We had firefighter skills that we went through. And we, we were basically figuring out the limit we were on our bottle uh, under a high load. Um, and we did that. And we had never experienced um, – we had never experienced um, – a 45 minute bottle except for like in our world it was like for the hazmat team the hazmat text things like that so on and so forth so we go out there and we said okay we're going to do the scba boot camp we're going to do the drills so trevor says we're going to of course trevor comes up with the ant farm what else would he come up with you know and he says we're going to do the ant farm I said okay so we put all these functions together and stuff and went through all career guys all great guys and and they went through it and we had a some of the guys couldn't finish. They couldn't finish the bottle. Basically their physical fitness training was not enough for them to be able to complete the air in the bottle before their bodies gave up. Um, and the guys in the fire department were really mad about all that, but I thought, no, nobody knew, you know, nobody knew that. So when we went to 45 minute bottles, the whole country I think is on 45 minute bottles. Now you made fitness matter. Um, because if your guys aren't in shape, they're not going to be able to go through a whole 45 minute bottle on a heavy firefight without running out of gas, basically. So that, uh, yeah, that comes right back to being able to do our job. Like you got to be able to do our job. That's what we're here but for. But they didn't know what they, yeah. And they didn't know what they didn't know. I mean, they, you know, they, listen, their fires went out. They had good firefighters. They had a great fire department. They were doing great things and he did his whole thing. And then all of a sudden we came out and they did something. And, and so when you talk about these policies, you know, my opinion on this, Trevor, is I think you should do a skills based assessment at the end of the year. So you pull the two and a half inch line, you throw the ladder, you do whatever um, you do, the actual functions, because I think that clears you of BMI being different for different um, ethnicities, different cultures, different, you know, um, uh, DNA backgrounds, I guess you could call it, you know, uh, it, and it can be measurable. We, I mean, I know guys that are really skinny. They're absolutely out of shape. So the question is, do you base it on, you know, um, <laughs> do you ba do you base it on BMI when some guys don't have a lot of BMI, but they're simply not strong enough to do the job we do? Do you base it on strength and not BMI? Do you, I mean, that's the whole thing. So from a policy standpoint, I think it's got to be as closely geared to the job that we're expecting these people to do as you possibly can make it. Um, and, you know, I, I pick on Gringo all the time. I always say, you know, instead of shoveling the snow, he's going to get a snowblower and he'll go to the CrossFit gym and do a workout that closely mimics shoveling snow. So, 
there's always that. But I mean, I, I think I think policies are give these guys time to be able to work out, give them good coaches to help them through it when they're not comfortable with it, not good with it, keep the people from messing with them a whole lot, respect each other. And I think, you know, I think my idea of the policy is to set aside time early in the day to get your workouts done. That's 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 my opinion. What do you think, Steve? I like it. Um, most of my workouts now, while school's going on, I usually get to to the station around five o'clock, and I get my workout in then at the station, and get showered up before the shift ever starts because because of there's so much extra stuff to do and and um, uh, and like I said, school's going on right now. So if I do have downtime in the afternoon, usually I'm doing schoolwork. But uh, uh, it's if you if you. Even when on my days off, if I don't get my workout in early, then you can almost write it off. Like I did do a workout right before this, but I knew I was coming in here. That's why I did it. But um, I, I like get my workouts in early, even even on my days off, and that then creates a habit. If I can get my workout in before lunch, if I'm if I'm teaching a new guy to get his workout in before lunch, um, at, at on shift when he's off, or that's gonna help. So. Sorry, sorry, Steve. I was just reading something that came up from uh, one of our brothers there, but we're not we're not showing that. <laughs> no, we're not. Hey, Steve, can you talk briefly? Um, th- this isn't a this isn't just a career fire service thing. There's a lot of volunteer departments that um, have invested in gym equipment, health equipment programs, and uh, you know I know several around uh, Worcester County. You know, back well, where y'all are, but where, where, you know where I was from had done it as well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the uh, things that you've done in your, in your local volunteer department? I mean, we know, we know all the things you've done in the career department, which has been phenomenal, but just the level of support and some of the things you've done to make this accessible to the volunteer firefighters as well, because if anything, you know, they, they have to go work other jobs, other places where they may not have access to this during a regular shift. And they're doing this in addition to their work, not as part of their work. So can you talk about that for a second? Right. The, uh, I, I'm real lucky uh, volunteer in, in Del Mar, and they've got a decent gym set up. It's a little aged um, and not as functional, but uh, they just gave me a decent amount of money to, to get it more functional. And we're going to start a class up here. Uh, we'll start off one day a week uh, just for somebody who's interested, and uh, we'll start some functional fitness uh, classes up here. And that will be – like I said before, my job as coaching the 18-year-old that's that's fresh and gung-ho and ready to do it to, to some of my 60-year-old, um, the wives of, of some of the guys that are 60 years old. Like, And, and we're still going to do the same workout. We're going to do it together, and we're going to finish around about the same time. We're going to have fun doing it. My heart rate, their heart rate should be closely related. Um uh, but my functional level and their functional level is going to be completely different, but that's my job as a coach to make sure I do that right. Uh, and make sure they don't get injured and make sure they like it, enjoy it and have come back. But, uh, as a, as a volunteer, especially in today's fire service, I give props to them very much because of all the extra stuff we have to do now that we didn't have to do just 10 years ago. Is this just crazy and phenomenal that we, we still can hold on to volunteers. But uh, at the same time, they're going to have to run into the same fire that I'm going to have to run into. So I want them, they need to be, we want them as functionally fit as possible too. 
and, and Steve, I, I see one of our other great uh, coaches and motivators from back in OC, Dwayne Phillips, old Dewey's on too. Oh yeah. You know, having having people like you, you, him, Ringo. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, but one of the things I was reading his comment, I just have to throw this in. This has nothing to do with functional fitness or the topic of the evening. But I still remember uh, you, Steve, when we would just sit there and we'd have the word of the day uh, that we would choose to on the radio that we had to get in there. It was all it was almost like super troopers with meow, but. Um, Steve, the greatest thing about you is that we would mess with you and you would never take your thumb off the microphone and you would transmit anything, anything that we said messed with you about whenever the radio. So that was one of yeah. your attributes, too. There's quite a, quite a few uh, recordings that probably I hope never get out. Well, and, yeah, and the one where uh, you you and your partner were trying to find each other, I still remember this around the building, and all we heard was Marco and Polo going across the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks or me grandma. having command and calling command, and my partner going, "Hey, you are command," and me going, "Oh no." <laughs> What's up, buddy? What? Yeah, well, tell 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 our listeners a story about Anne Arundel County Fire Training Academy. We got just enough time for that. Hit, hit the mute. It's probably on. really not my story to tell. Um, I'll tell it. <laughs> all, all, all I can say is, yeah, I'll, I'll pitch this over to Steve to, t- to tell, but um, Steve has always been a, a student of the game. I've had a lot of respect for him. And um, I remember when uh, I was going up to the Council of Fire and Rescue Academy uh, meetings, this, we had this, the state meetings all around the state. And uh, one of our one of our uh, meetings for the Fire Rescue Academies was at Anne Arundel County's Fire Training Center. And at the time, uh, it was recruit Stephen Twilley who was in the class and as most academy classes when they would come out of a classroom um and they saw somebody who was superior to them which was essentially the you know the cockroach walking down the hallway was you know they would have to they would have to come to attention brace and kind of put themselves up against the wall so uh i'll let i'll let steve really take it from there so um I'm walking down the hallway. Everything's fine. I'm in Anne Arundel County. I'm a whole bunch of miles away from my hometown. I, I'm not going to see anybody I know. And the door props it, comes open, and I see this big, tall guy standing there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I come come to attention, brace against the wall, and I'm in with 60 other people dressed just like me in blue. I was like, hopefully he won't catch me. He'll He'll not see me. He walks by. He walks by about three or four people, stops turns around, comes back by, comes back right in front of me. He's like, hmm, recruit Twilly, how are you? I'm like, very good, sir. And uh, he was like, do your uh, your classmates know your affinity for large women? And I was like, well, sir, they do now. And, um, and, and he was like, all right, well, have a good day. I was like, thank you, sir. Have a good day, too. And we carried on. He carried, he carried on. We carried on. We got down to the locker room. The first thing, they couldn't wait to get down there. The first thing they asked me, they were like, what do you mean their affinity for large women? I was like, never mind. He, he, no, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got a very unflattering text message later on that day after Recruit Tooley was done with the academy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve, I, I I had to do it. I just couldn't resist. And you thought you were in the clear because I went like four people past you. Oh, I did. I thought, good. Good. I thought I was good. I thought I was good. And and we we can't tell this one on the air, but um, one one day you'll be able to tell people about how it's uh, particularly nice weather out today. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we cannot tell that on. I, I yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's something. Can I say something real quick before we we run? Out sure. Of time? Go ahead with it. It, it so, depends. Yeah, yeah. So like one of the reasons like. I would consider myself somewhat successful in the fire service and outside of life. But the reason that I 
um, have am where I am today is because of the guy sitting on the other side of this uh, this this podcast right now. Uh, Trevor was has been an icon and Bobby for forever, and I'll even say Ben Wables because he oh, has. Thanks, thanks. And, you uh, put me in there, but I right. I, I, if it wasn't for me coming up through the fire service with the guys that I I look up to, I would have never never be where I'm at today if it wasn't for them. And it and I hope that one day somebody can say the same thing about me. So like you guys leading by example is what I want to hopefully strive for that one day. So that that's that's why I am where I am right now. Well, and Steve, to kind of paraphrase what I just put up there, whether it's influence or example, good or bad, is a powerful motivator. So um, I can't say all the examples that were always given were probably, <laughs> probably the best ones. They, they were fun. <laughs> My Definitely. college turned down, and that's it. <laughs> another one. Good one. Um, and, well, another show, another time. But, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, Steve. And it's one of those things that, you you know, people like yourself that uh, – and. I hate to break this to you. You're not the young guy in the fire station anymore. I mean, I, I remember the day you came and did your your uh, your testing, and now I'm looking back on that, and you're talking about being vested and all this other stuff. Like, holy crap! But nevertheless, the bottom goggles. line is, you you you've taken your obligation in the fire service, Ben. You've done it, uh, Bobby. You've done it, and you've passed things along. You're you're already influencing not only generations uh, that are at, at your same uh, tenure in the fire service. You're actually influencing up. You're influencing down. That's we talk about that 360 degree leadership. You guys here, all, all three of you, are doing that and doing it successfully. So sometimes you don't have that 30,000 foot snapshot view of the impact you're having. But um, yeah, I can I can tell you between you know, Ben, Bobby, and and Steve, you guys are definitely having an impact on the fire service. It's it's very positive, and you know those results will be seen. You know if if not today, um, tomorrow, five, 10, 15 years from now. And you know, I, st- I still look back at some of the things that, uh, you know, some of the people that were able to influence me to say, hey, you know, don't don't look at today, look at tomorrow, and also your your post fire service years. So yeah, I got to thank all of you for carrying that ball and being the good good influences in the fire service that you are. Yeah, Steve, I, I you're already you already are an example. Um, you're already doing that. Um, you know, I've I've leaned a lot on your words going through all this COVID stuff. Um, you know, your cross training as a nurse and working at the hospital has gave me a different view of, of what's happening and how it's going down. And I, and I really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, you working with people with the working out, you know, you're already doing it. Um, you may not know it, but you're already doing it. You're already setting an example for other people. Um, and, and I'm proud to know you and, and proud to be associated with you. And uh, you tear up. really, yeah. <laughs> It's um, it's been it's been real fun to talk. We had to bring you back on again to talk about nursing versus paramedic. You know, so. Now we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll do that and ask uh, Steve how it's going to be. Uh, when, when, when's the due date for baby girl number four? Uh, March tenth, but she's probably going to go the first week of March. Well, you know, each you know, Trevor said you're getting older, and it seems like each daughter you look a little bit older. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, lose more hair. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's yeah. my closing, Ben. I'm done, buddy. Thank you, Bobby. Steve, do you have anything you wanna you wanna finish yeah. up with? Thank you for having me on. It was actually a really good time. I was kind of nervous to come on, but it was really good time, and I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us, buddy. Trevor, you got anything? Final words? No, just thanks to everybody who viewed and who came on tonight. I saw a lot of uh, you know, familiar names and, and faces coming on here. It's so great to you know, see all those folks. But Steve. 
thank you very much. Thank you for what you've done, what you are doing, and what we know you're going to do in the future. So uh, best of luck with the nurse practitioner uh, accomplishment coming up in very short term, as well as baby girl number four. Um, I don't know what you did to anger the universe, but uh, now you've, you've outdone Tommy Kane now as far as, far as number of dollars. We have so. an idea what he did, but we can't talk about that either. Because of my mentors. Because of my mentors. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting fully blamed. I, I Never mind. Another st- yeah. another, another time. But Steve, another congr- congratulations. Yeah. And, uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you. you. Take us out, All man. Right. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. What a great evening and talking about functional fitness, um, how to motivate and how to get each other going if you're in the firehouse. Um, like we kind of talked about, it's all about making yourself better. Um, you know, when it comes time to, to do that hallway crawl, to get to the end of the hallway, to get that kid in the flannel pajamas, whether it's to get them or something happens to your partner and you got to drag yourself and that person back out, um, you have to be physically conditioned. You have to be physically fit to do that. So um, start today. Start tomorrow. Don't keep putting it off. Um, if you're not doing anything to make yourself better, do something. All right. Find something to do. Go to a find. Reach reach out to, to one of us if you have a question. Um, there's our uh, scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now is our social media stuff, our website, our email, all that. Um, if we don't have the answer for you, I promise we can get you in contact with somebody that does. Um, like the guy in the bottom bottom right corner. Um, but, but let us know. Start doing something to make yourself better, to make yourself harder to kill. Um, and so that way, when you get to where Bobby and Trevor are getting close to it, when they're hanging up their helmets for the last time, that they can, oh, shut up. It's not like you haven't said this before. Relax. But when they're getting ready to retire, that um, that you can enjoy the rest of your life. You can enjoy your retired life without being the, the president of the Jazzy Power Scooter Club. So um, with that, we're wrapping it up. Uh February 4th is our next Thirsty Thursday. We've, um, we've got a couple of things in the works. I don't know that we've nailed anything solid down yet, but um, it's going to be really good. I can promise you that, uh, the stuff that we have planned. Um, I think that's all I got. So, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, follow the stuff below. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, shoot us an email if you have any questions or you need to get up with somebody about um, working out. And... Um, Until next time, we'll see you on the 4th. Be safe and take care.